Now serving F-27 at DMV window number 16. Okay, Rose, we're second in line. Perfect, Rose. You remembered the birth certificate? Yes, and we have our electric bill. Excellent. We'll be Real ID ready in no time. Real ID ready to visit our grandson, Ricky, at Fort Bragg. Then fly to New Orleans for Jazz Fest. Pardon me, are you talking to yourself? Oh, I'm sorry. I guess I am. Talk yourself into Real ID readiness by May 3rd, 2023. Make a plan at dhs.gov slash realid. Hi, this is Todd Graffinini, voice of your New Orleans Pelicans, and you're listening to Tina and Jeff on Floors Truly. Good evening, beautiful people, and happy Tuesday. This is Tina and Jeff with this week's episode of Floors Truly. Happy Tuesday, Jeff. How are you? Um, I'm, I'm waiting in line at Walmart for the last uh, four hours. Still, <laughs> I believe it. Still only have one roll of toilet paper. Uh, I definitely believe it. You saw my post on social media. I cannot. I have friends that live in Alabama, Georgia, and Colorado that are all sympathizing with this right now. (laughs) No more toilet paper. What is going on? Here we go again. Again, You know, that is the... I tell you, I wish, I wish if I could go back in time to, to twenty buy stock in Scott and now just buy a lot of toilet paper stock. Oh hell, just buy a lot of toilet paper, have it stockpiled in the back. I could, I would not, I would not have any anything to worry about this year. I'd be good. I keep, could sell it. I keep just groceries in general in my house. I have things that I stock up on: laundry detergent, fabric softeners, paper towels, toilet paper, but. You know, when I go to the store for my big trip, like where I'm buying everything, I'll always want to stock up on those items. So, of course, a friend of mine mentioned it, and I really just honestly didn't think anything of it. So I go to the store, and and, and I post it on, on my Facebook, you saw on social media and Twitter, and I just was in awe. I mean, I expected a shortage. I didn't expect the shelves to be all but bare. And I just like, not again, not again. And the crazy thing is, is Stella Rosa black wine, which is my favorite wine. That is something that's been missing on the shelves for weeks now. It's a very popular brand. They sell all different types and and they even have flavored wines and they're all on the shelf, but Stella Rosa black is nowhere to be found. (laughs) So I can't find olive paper and I can't find my favorite wine. (laughs) How are you supposed to survive? I just don't, you know, we were having this discussion on Facebook yesterday with your friends of mine. They're like, well, I don't get it. Stock up on food and canned goods and things that are going to sustain you, but toilet paper, I'm just... Oh, man, sad. Here needs, we go again. Who needs food? This is New Orleans. We need toilet paper and we need alcohol. <laughs> Come on. Those are the two staples yeah. in life. But I chalk it up to everything that's happened this crazy week, and it's only Tuesday. <laughs> it is so. only Tuesday. So let's rewind. And so, first of all, Saturday was weird because we had no LSU game. And the SEC was decimated. Uh, there were very few games, and the games that were on – I noticed one game that was on where the teams were both one and oh, and I went, we're almost done with college football for the year. And these two teams have only played one game each. So very weird stuff. Tulane did get a win, their first win since 1984 against a ranked opponent. Can you believe that? Against Army, 25th ranked Army, they got a win. It was a big deal for Tulane. Congratulations to them. And then, of course, that brings us to Sunday, and uh, 
Tell me your thoughts, Tina. I knew it was bad when I saw Drew get sacked. I mean, he was he was wearing a flak jacket to begin with, which we just didn't really, we really, when we saw that, it was kind of like, oh, well, you know, he's, he's taking precautionary measures. He's 41 years old. I mean, he's, he was on the injury report again this week, but he took that hit by Contavious Street and he was slow to get up, came back in, played all the way to the half. And then we later find out that he took himself out of the game. He just didn't feel right. And then we find out, <laughs> well, at least we're, they were assuming that he had bruised ribs at that right. point. Right. Then we find out he has a broken rib. Then we find out he has multiple broken ribs on both sides and a collapsed lung. And now the latest news is that he possibly had this, had a broken rib or broken ribs last week and they didn't catch it, which is totally, I get that because Dan had a a broken rib and he had x-rays and it didn't show up. We were talking about this yesterday on social media. I had a discussion. People like, well, how are these doctors missing this? A broke rib is difficult to catch sometimes. It really is. My husband had it, didn't know. The only reason why we found out is that months later after he heals, it leaves scar tissue. And he was still having some residual like pain in this doctor. They did test and that's, you know, in the x-rays. And then they found out he had, he's like, well, we think he had a broke rib and it just didn't show up the first time because you've got scar tissue. So Drew could have possibly had the x-rays last week. We we just don't, we don't know everything right now. We're still speculating because no official statement has come out. They haven't even said how many weeks they expect to have him out. But at this point he's, he's seeking a second opinion. There's yeah. talk of possibly putting him on IR, which means he would definitely be out at least three weeks. Right. But but that wasn't even our only injury. We had multiple injuries. We had two concussions and we had, um, uh, I think it was an oblique injury, they said. Yeah. I mean, just the Niners, they are a dirty team. It seems like every time we play them, we have injuries well, and I say that as plural. <laughs> uh, let me, let me expound on that for a second. So the hit on breeze, I didn't find quite egregious. Um, I, I, it was one of those that I think that it can go either way in today's game. Okay. We know that the one on Trey Quan Smith that was not called that one. It should have I been found to be complete. I found that and I agreed with Zach Street because I was listening to his broadcast I agree that that hit is the exact reason that these penalties exist now. Yes. And, uh, and it wasn't called, it was a, it was a complete uh, screw up by the officiating crew, but I don't think the Niners necessarily played dirty. I think what you see is an aggressive defense that is decimated itself, a team that is completely beaten up that was supposed to be pretty good this year. And um and so you've got a lot of young guys who are trying to state a claim for their spots. You have a team that is frustrated because of everything that's happened to them this year. So I don't necessarily want to paint the 49ers as being a dirty team. I think that there are some reasons why they may be more aggressive on the field um, and maybe some ways to a disadvantage than what we would hope to see and again, but we saw a Saints team that has become very aggressive on defense over the course of the last few weeks um, and is really uh, doing a great job of 
forcing errors. Uh, yeah, the, the defense is really starting to, to click. Really coming been, together. been my gripe since week one. And the penalties have gotten less. Uh, it's just, for me as a Saints fan, I'm just frustrated because I, I I remember that 2011 season and that hit on Pierre Thomas. Right. And, and then last year, Jared Cook went out with a concussion. And then now this year, like I said, we had uh, Traquan Smith and uh, I think it was Josh Hill. Yeah, Josh. had a, and so it's just to see these every. It seems like every time we play them, we have injuries. And of course, you know, I mean, Drew, Drew is a look. There is the. It is a testimony to how tough and how much of a warrior he is to come back in and play all the way to the half in that kind of pain. I mean, that just it, it 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 just completely blew my mind. I mean, I when he took himself out, I said, Oh, well, maybe he's just feeling sore. I would have never thought it was to the level of seriousness is that injury. And if anybody knows, or anybody's had a family member, or a friend who's had that kind of injury, it is serious. And he's not dealing with just one fracture. He's dealing with multiple and a collapsed lung. So to come back in and play, you know, to the level he was, I mean, he wasn't as effective as normal, but he, I mean, his numbers weren't you know in the toilet either well, but two, two you could tell something ago, was wrong two you could tell something ago, was wrong i took a fall and i cracked two ribs and collapsed my lung so i know firsthand what this feels like it is not fun i don't know how drew finished that game i think that he's got a lot not finished the game but i don't know how he finished the half i don't know how he got up with the injury the way it was. Now, one of those things is when you when you break a rib, if the rib causes the lung to collapse. So what happens is, and now, first of all, remember, ribs have a lot of cartilage, muscle tissue. It's a very, it's got to be a flexible structure because you do things like breathe and, you know, bend over and you've got a lot of things that move in parts right there. But, um, if you have a rib that breaks, it, it, it usually doesn't collapse the lung right at that time. That usually comes later. It could have been at any point in time. It could have been when he was anywhere from the time he got up off the floor to the time that he went to the locker room, anywhere in that time is when the, the lung could have become collapsed. And that's because now you have this cracked rib and as it makes contact with the lung is where it can create that puncture. And um, it hurts to do, it hurts for, I mean, er, everything hurts. It hurts, everything to move. hurts. It hurts to sit. It hurts to stand. It hurts to breathe. It hurts to speak. I mean, and he's sitting there on the sideline with the helmet still on, like he's ready to come back at any play. And, and, and some people were speculating online, well, he's still got his helmet on. He must be coming back in. So right. you know they were thinking, oh, he's just taking a breather and and chilling on the side for a few few minutes, and he's gonna come back out. And then when we saw him with the ball cap, that's when I realized, uh, no, he's done because he doesn't do that. If you're if you're at Saints games enough to watch Drew's mannerisms and what he does, he doesn't take himself out the game and taking that helmet off where he can't hear what's going on, and 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 know what, what plays are going. He took himself out at that point, so he 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 was done, and you knew like, oh wow, this is probably a little bit more serious. Of course, we didn't realize until later on that evening and until actually yesterday how really serious it was. So we'll be without him for a couple of weeks. So now the big question is, 
you know, who, who, who starts, who's our quarterback. Right, I mean, we right. saw a, a combination of, of Taysom and Jamison there. And, and uh, now it's, I guess it's basically them game planning this week for the Falcons and who's going to give us the best chance to win. I personally think we're going to see both of them play. We're going to see a little, you know, maybe a little 60, 40 action with Taysom. And, but I think it's not going to be, you know, heavily, like our game plan normally is with drew. I think we're going to see both of them. And I think we're, because we're playing the Falcons, it allows us, I don't want to say you never overlook a team because of what happened last year, but this will allow us that extra week. Right. To right. really kind of get them together. Cause I mean, the Falcons are always a threat. They're in the division, but they're just, they're not having the season, you know, don't, that, that we sit there and don't make the mistake, Tina. Yes, Do I know. That's why I said we don't want to over we don't want to overlook them. But I mean, there it's just I think that we can throw some things at them if if Sean Payton and and they they get a good game plan together. I think we can throw some things that'll you know knock them off the track and 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 we you know we, we can win this game. I do. I think I, I'm not like a lot of people were like, oh, you know, Jameis is not looking good. This is the same thing that happened last year when Drew got hurt with his thumb and Teddy came in. The game plan was not tailored to Teddy last year. This game plan was not tailored to Jameis this week. So of course he looked a little off and, you know, there were some issues with him and connecting with the receivers. But again, the same exact thing happened last year. And people were like, oh man, you know, all the, you know, gloom and doom, give them a week to practice together and, and get something. He, they're going to focus on what Jameis's strengths are. We already know what Taysom can do. He can run and jump and, you know I mean? Basically play every position. Right, <laughs> the only exactly. thing we haven't seen him play is, is, is punter yet, but, and he probably can do that too. But, but I mean, give it, give it a week before we're ready to call it. I mean, I have faith in this team. We have way, we have way too much talent. We've been in this position last year, just last year. So don't let your memory fall too short. Well, I, I tell you what's good is that, you know, Drew Brees tweeted a picture today that he was kind of sitting on the couch with the kids. Yes. Did you see that? So what I did, do you know what he's doing there? It's a breathing. It's a machine it, that breathe that, that uh, measures your breath. And it's a, it's a spirometer. Breath. So anytime that you have a collapsed lung, they will give you that spirometer. And the whole thing is that you have to be able, you have to practice blowing out as hard as you can. And all of that is to, to refill that lung with air. The good thing is that we saw Drew sitting on his couch and not in a hospital where he could be first yes. of all. So I think knowing a little bit firsthand about what it takes for that injury to heal, we won't see Drew Brees I, until the postseason, in my opinion. I'll tell you what, because Drew Brees cannot practice right now. No. Drew Brees will not be able to practice in three weeks. In four weeks, he might be able to start practicing. But now you're talking about starting from scratch. And we're, we're at the point, we've got seven weeks of season left. So there isn't a whole lot of time for all of that to come back together. We, and I'm not saying this is a definite, I'm only telling you using my personal experience, using what I've seen of his injury, and I realize they're going for second opinions and everything else, but that usually tells you this is not something you pull right back from, and we probably don't want him to. If we're in a position where no, James that's not something you want to. that's not something you want to play around we with. We want to no. allow Breeze the time to get back to get back to health. Um, but I think Jameis Winston will come in 
and I think he'll be just fine. We're in a good position because we can we can split the rest of the season, and we should still be in pretty good shape in terms of the postseason. I think at the earliest we'll see him back against the Chiefs, and 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 I only say that not because I want him to. Of course I do, but I mean Drew's a competitor. He defied the odds last year. They said, oh, well, you know, uh, what was it? Six, would they say six weeks, six, uh, seven weeks with that thumb injury? Yeah. And he was back a couple weeks early. And, and, that, and that's how Drew is. Drew's a warrior. And especially if he knows this, this is his last year. And it's just being the type of guy that he is. I mean, he's played hurt before. I don't advise it. I know Saints fans are listening to me going, what are you talking about? We need Drew. But you want health first. It's always health first. And you have to think about not just today and tomorrow, but quality of life after football. We all don't want to talk about what life is going to be after Drew Brees, but I mean, he, we do. And, and for his own, you know, sake and, of, of health and safety, and he has a family. I mean, a collapsed lung is, is an extremely serious injury. So no, he doesn't need to, and I hate to say this, I don't even think he's going to be on the sidelines because, you know, you're, you're, you're sitting there and you're watching plays and you can get bumped, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it, you saw when Sean Payton broke his leg and they had him up in the booth. Because, I mean, you need to be able to be mobile on the sidelines because, you know, the plays and things are going on. And, I mean, we don't want to see him get hit, knocked, or anything like that with that right nail. So he may not even be on the sidelines. Right. I think he'll be in the stadium. I think, I think, think you will too. He may side. be, he may be, he may be up in the booth. He might be in a suite, but I don't, I don't expect to see him on the field. I really don't. Cause right. I mean, it's, they, they, there's too many moving parts on that field. And, and, and if, you know, if he just gets like, you know, somebody just accidentally runs into him, I mean, it could cause some serious pain. Yeah, more and now you've got fewer people down there on the sidelines. So there aren't as many possible buffers, you know what I mean? Like, no. So, I mean, it's just, it's it, this risk. is, it was very, very unexpected. I mean, it's just been, it's, it, I'm glad we won the game, but it's just, you know, at, at some point you're sitting there going, man, it doesn't feel like a win because we lost so many players. And uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, I mean, he he was a baller in that game. And uh, he took a hit and thankfully came off the field, but, and he was okay. But I mean, we, you know, we're, we're pretty banged up. Uh, the official injury report doesn't come out until tomorrow, but uh, I ex- I expect to see uh you know quite a few names on there. Yeah, we're banged up, but we're gonna see. I, I think the star that we're gonna see shine over the course of the, the rest of the season is Latavius Murray, and I think we started to see that in the second half of the game against the Niners. Yeah, so, when I said run the ball. <laughs> right, right. So I think that's what we are getting ready to see. Now, I will tell you, my personal feeling is I think that it would be a mistake to do a 60-40 split, a 50-50 split, whatever. I think that would be a mistake by Sean Payton. With what you have coming up with the Falcons, which are not, which is not a team that is very good by any means, okay? But this is a, a game you should be able to win. I think you have to make a statement and do exactly what you did with Teddy last year and say, this is our guy. We may have Taysom Hill come in and do some things, but Jameis Winston is who we are putting our faith in. Because if you don't do that, you cannot create the mindset that that guy needs to really be a leader of the team. And we've heard really good things about Jameis Winston this year. His mindset in the locker room, how he is with his teammates, his work ethic, all of those things have been very positive. I think that you have to be able to say, you know, maybe not today or tomorrow, but Friday, you got to say, 
Jameis is our guy and we're putting our faith in him. And yeah, Taysom is still going to do the things that Taysom does, but Jameis is our guy. And I, I really hope that Sean Payton does that because I think it'll really boost his confidence. It shows Jameis that he becomes the leader of this football team. And that's what this team needs. We know it. You gotta have a guy that is the leader. And I think he's the, he's the guy that can do that. And I, Will he have the success that, that Bridgewater had last year? Who knows? We don't know that yet. Uh, but I certainly have the full confidence uh, that it, of him to run this team. I think he can do it. He knows the, he knows the division well, which is another reason why you keep yes. him in the game. You know? like, the, thing that, the thing that concerns me the most is, and this isn't a dig at Taysom Hill. Everybody watches the same game I do. But ball security. We've seen him a couple of times fumble. Well, and he's an it, Iron Man, and he sometimes tries to do a little bit more than what somebody else may do. And we've seen it with a few, few players this year where you're trying to make a play rather than just going down. And sometimes you just have to. Yeah, at the worst down. possible times, he loses that ball. And right. it's just a head scratcher. Like, how. And I mean, we've, we've seen it, we've seen it with, with some of our receivers, like you said, in, in running backs, they, you know, they just try to go for that extra yard, extra half a yard. And then, you know, the ball winds up coming out or it gets punched out and they're on the ground or getting ready to go down. But it's just that that's my biggest concern with him. I mean, like I said, if Sean Payton, he's got a whole week to game plan to, to, to write up a game plan so I, i'm optimistic i'm not feeling like the sky's falling yet i'm just you know i'm just bummed i mean i'm just there's nothing else i can say i'm just bummed my quarterback is is hurt and and i and, and i I've, I've never had that injury myself personally but i you know I, I dealt with my husband when he had it i have friends like you said you dealt with it it's a serious injury and you know i just feel for him he's such a great guy this is not how i want his final season to to go out you know where he possibly misses the rest of the regular season and comes back you know week one of the, of the playoffs and i mean that's if we even get to that point i mean we're, we're there's still a lot of football left to play right. so we just you know our thoughts and prayers go out to drew for a great recovery and just hope for the best and you know we, we throw our support behind Taysom and, and Jameis now and you know I, I feel confident the o-line can protect him and and the defense like you said they're they're doing much better so you know we just ride with that we just roll with it and of course drew Brees isn't the only drew that we lost this week in Pelicans news, and of course, you know, Tina, tomorrow is the NBA draft. Wednesday, the NBA draft is happening. Everybody kind of forgets because sports schedules are way off the wall off. these days. Right? <laughs> way off right. the wall. <laughs> Just pretend like they don't exist and continue doing what you do. But uh, we did Drew uh, uh, Holiday, who has been a, a staple uh, with this team for the last several years. He is going to play for Milwaukee. And we send a 2020 second round pick also to the Bucks. What the Pelicans get, a couple of players, Eric Bledsoe, a very talented guard is going to come in. Uh, also, George Hill, another point guard coming in. Uh, kind of a second, third tier guy, but a guy who, who can develop, still play a role. But one, two, three, four, five first round picks are coming to the New Orleans Pelicans, and possibly even more because there are a bunch of conditional picks right. that are in there. So 
the, 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 the Pelicans are looking at this young future growth. Drew, Drew Holiday was the old veteran on the team. I mean, the guy was who was really putting things together. We're now seeing a very young Pelicans team taking shape. Not to mention he was set to, to get like 20, almost $26 million right, for this right. upcoming season. So you, you've got... Younger, cheaper. <laughs> you've got space to play with. You've got cap space. You've got uh, money that you can move around. You can go after some... And you've got tons of picks that you can also go back into the trade market with and make some things work. So, you know, we've, we've got a new coach. We've got... You know, Zion Williamson, who I think is still one of the most explosive players in the game, and he's only going to be going into his second yeah. year. They're so. building around. To me, it looks like, and I'm not. Clorox knows you want your clothes smelling fresh and clean, but so what happens? That's why we created Clorox Fabric Sanitizers to freshen up your clothes between washes, pre-treat extra stinky laundry, and make sure every last odor comes out in the wash. Clorox fabric sanitizers take care of all that and eliminate 99% of odor-causing bacteria. Plus, they're bleach-free and safe for all colors and fabrics. When it counts, trust Clorox. Not as big as a basketball fan as you are, but to me, it looks like they're building around him. That looks like what's happening. And of course, uh, uh, Anthony Davis, he declined his option in L.A. this week. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. But there's there's a lot to go on. The draft happens tomorrow. The Pelicans will have some new players. The, the, the season starts in just over a month. I mean, we're right there yeah. already talking about the NBA. And uh, the Pelicans have been reaching out to season ticket holders to say that they are anticipating some type of partial attendance plan. Still have yet to see what that is. We've seen with the Saints, of course, they had 6,000 in the stands this week, you know, is that going to continue to build? We see a lot of things where there's a lot of questions in the air. A lot Basketball of things changing. In, same lot of, yes, a lot of things are changing outside of the football world in, in the city of New Orleans and in actually the state of Louisiana, which we'll talk to about in a little bit. But I think we're going to start seeing uh, some some changes there yeah. just because yeah. of, of what's going on outside of that. Obviously, uh, if you pay attention to the news, no matter where you live, the COVID numbers are starting to spike again. Unless you live in Australia, unless you live in, I think there's nine cases in Australia. Do you know what they do when you go to Australia? When you fly into Australia from outside the country, you go into a, a state ordered quarantine. So they put you into a hotel and you face a $10,000 fine. If you open the door or a window. Now they make it comfortable. You're fed. You're in a nice place. It's a it's a nice nice place they'll put you up in. Uh, you've got your television, your radio, everything else. You just got to do your 14 days and be good. And then they release you into the country. They have kept their COVID spike down. Now, so if if you're listening and you're anywhere except Australia, then the numbers are going up. Yes, <laughs> so they are going I just up. Just had and- to clarify it, and it's and it's not just a small increase we're seeing a massive spike and uh, several states are starting to close things and uh, roll back i think you're uh, right tina there's a lot of things that are going to be changing yep it's uh it's it's uh, coming down the pipeline and we've already seen it today what did you hear today maybe a a casualty mardi gras 2021 Mardi mardi gras 
Mardi Gras. I am no parades. It makes it's looking me like weep. no parades, and that is in Orleans Parish. And then uh, Cynthia Lee Shang, who is uh, the parish president of Jefferson Parish, she has not made a decision yet, but she said that if if things continue the way they are, more than likely we won't have parades in Metairie as well. So a lot of people were like, well, if New Orleans doesn't want to roll, they can just, you know, ship the parades over and uh, to Metairie. Well, I mean, if she decides that Jefferson Parish isn't having them, then, then, you know, that's it. So that's where we're at now. And I mean, we're three months away. Yeah, I am an optimist. Yeah. Everybody knows me. I am an optimist and I'm hoping and praying that with the vaccine and just, you know, just, just trying to stay positive overall that this will won't be as much of an issue in three months but i can't We're actually say that. under three months we, you know it, i yeah i can't short of three months i can't say that because we're you know we're now like nine months into this and you know we're still we're it's still a, a major issue so i mean I, I i look at it from all different angles i understand the safety reasons of it i also look at the financial aspect of it we already know because we've talked to so many people on the show previously that are, you know, really their, their hands are, are, are involved with the city and, and they're on the pulse of what's going on, restaurant owners. And we had Jen Kelly with Louisiana Hospitality Foundation. I mean, people, businesses, they're hurting. Revenue is, is way down. Just, just just things in general. I mean, the, we talked about the zoo losing money. I mean, just so many different things around the city, you know, have been suffering. And Mardi Gras, and this is no lie. I have friends that, that are, were born and raised here that now live outside of Louisiana. You book your hotel and you make your travel plans literally like a couple of weeks after Mardi Gras this year to come into the, to come for next year. I mean, floats get started at Mardi Gras world, start getting planned and built after right after Mardi Gras. There is no, oh, let's take six months off. Mardi Gras is literally a year round thing in New Orleans. They build the floats, they, they make the plans, they book the bands, they book the, the gas. I mean, it's just, it, it is a huge, huge thing. Mardi Gras balls. I mean, just literally it, it is a, an event that is a year round thing here in New Orleans. You just don't see it. It's the people that behind the scenes that are working their butt off literally 12 months out of the year. So if they make a decision today or tomorrow, fortunately, it's not that difficult to pop up say mid January, if the numbers look good and say, yeah, we're going to have Mardi Gras. Heck, when the saints won the Super Bowl, they threw a parade together in a matter of three days. So it can happen. It won't be what we know of Mardi Gras, but it'll be something in some sense. There's been talk about why can't the floats just roll and the parades roll and not have spectators and televise it so people can see it because Mardi Gras is a holiday. And that's what people have been saying. It's holiday. We're not canceling the holiday, just canceling the, the parades, but it's just, it's, it's, a lot involved. I mean, a lot of time and money that goes into it. And it's just, it's unfortunate because I feel like we have, you know, everybody's just suffered so much. And that's something that this, you know, we look forward to every year, whether you live here or you're, you know, a spectator and tourists that come in. But I also understand the safety reasons of it. I understand our numbers are spiking and people are getting very nervous at this point because they have been spiking at crazy. I mean, what was it? I think, was it Friday? Um, Governor Edwards came out and said that uh, it was like the highest positivity rate since the pandemic started. Right, right. We had the highest case of positive, uh, high, highest case of positive numbers in Louisiana since this started, since March. That's scary. Right. Because I think they're November. running at eight percent right now. Of yeah, this of is November. Tests, I mean, you know? you know, we were we were going backwards, but as things open, 
you know, people are going out. We talked about this, you know, being safe, being responsible. People are still going out, having gatherings. Now we have Thanksgiving coming. We're getting ready to go into Christmas season. So again, if you want to go visit your family, if you want to do things, you want to go eat at a restaurant, please, please wear a mask. Right. You know, please try to not go in groups, try, try to social distance, just go with your, you know, immediate family because nobody wants to see us roll back and, and, and be put into a lockdown because it will not only financially make people suffer, but emotionally, because this, the holidays are already a time of year where people are already on edge for multiple reasons. But so, you know, we don't want to see things roll back like that. So right. And, 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 and it's just, it, this, this has been one of those times that you just, you know, you're like, Hey, look, we got to do it. Nobody likes the mask, but Hey, I've gotten to the point where I, I, look, I'm on phase now. I walk out the house. I've got my little mask chain. It's hanging around my neck. It's like part of me, you know, I've got my purse, my phone, my keys. I got my mask. Right. I, I tell you what, I would really like to go to the city council meeting. That's going to happen right after that December 5th deadline. And I'd like to know what, plans the crews have suggested to the city to try to celebrate Mardi Gras to try to have some of the events and whatnot. Yeah, because you know they've had to have some kind of discussions to be disclosed into it. I just I just think nobody wants to be that nobody wants to be the first one to 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 be the bearer of bad news like hey look we know we realistically can't do this or hey let's do you know nobody wants to take that lead because there's been so much uncertainty you don't want to just go flat out and say everything is canceled right now three months in but you also don't want to have a plan a it was kind of like we talked about when uh when the nba made their little bubble and we talked about football season i said there was zero excuse for the nfl not to have a plan a and a plan b this is the same thing you know, right. just different, different, different situation. But yeah, you have a plan A, what you want to do, what you hope to do, and then you have a plan B. And then plan C is obviously all, you know, all bets off, everything off the table, which we hope it doesn't get to that. I just can't answer that question right now. I'm always a ball of optimist, optimism, and I just, you know, I try to think positive because I mean, if you sit and you sulk about every little thing, it gets you really down. And I just, I'm always been trying to be a positive yeah. person. You know, but I don't know what's going to happen. I think that's a very interesting point. For the reason that I think one of the things that causes the anxiety, and this is where I get aggravated, and this isn't a snap, a slap at the crews or anything else. Somebody just make the call, whether it's the mayor, just say, hey, here's the deal. We're not doing parades. Maybe we figure something else, but it ain't happening. There's not going to be any big balls in the Superdome. There's not going to be any of this and that. Maybe there's other things we can try to figure out. But it's done because part of the anxiety is think about how many people in this city are part of a carnival organization and mm-hmm. how much money it costs, how how much we're all Thousands struggling. Of dollars. How much we're all struggling right now anyway. And we're going, okay, am I gonna have to buy throws? Am I do I need to be planning ahead for this? And we're talking about three months, Tina. By this point, everyone's already ready for their their parades. Everyone has ordered their trinkets. Everyone has ordered their, their, their throws. Their next step is to get through the holidays and go into immediate like mode where you start really getting into your ball season. You know, all of those things are going to happen. You have a debutante season that is still going to happen in this town, regardless of what these restrictions are and what they make it, because that's not something to just cancel. It's as these people 
go through this segment in their lives. Yeah. And I know there's a $1, lot of $1,500 for a dress. I mean, which there's a lot know. of background in Mardi Gras and carnival that a lot of people don't ever see or understand, but there are so many unique celebrations that happen in this town. It is really tied to uh, uh, so many of our deep rooted traditions. We don't care. And I hate to say this. I love to have all the tourists here. But my concern is not for the people that want to come in and party up, walk down at Bourbon Street. I don't care. That part of Mardi Gras is so small compared to, to us who live here. Yeah, it's a big it. local thing. The revenue, it's like, us, and when I say revenue, I don't mean like big businesses making money. I'm talking about the people behind the scenes that are making minimum wage, that this is their job. This is what they do. These, I mean, the, the street, down to the street vendors that are, you know, selling food. Uh, and, 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 and working at the, the restaurants and bars in the quarter that, you know, they're making minimum wage or they're making two thirteen an hour and working off of tips. This is their livelihood. All these events that have been canceled, this is where they make their bread and butter. And there's been nothing for the entire year outside of Mardi Gras last year. Not I mean, to mention the, last money, season. the money that the school music departments rely on from being part of the parades. So many of our carnival organizations are the heart of our benefactors for all of our, you know, public good deeds, all of our, our you know, St. Michael's Special School or ARC or all of these, mm -hmm. these organizations that are really just to promote our community and to help the disadvantaged. So much of that support comes from our carnival organizations and they're not able to collect the dues they're already sitting on floats that they've already had paid to be done. They've got traffic. There's all of these costs that people don't understand. I mean, this is a, this is a hundreds of million. And forgive me for, for, for forgetting because I was in the car on the way home when I was reading the article earlier today, I don't remember who suggested it, but somebody suggested that they just have, you know, social distancing on the floats, don't have spectators and televise it. So that way people can watch and still somewhat partake in it. I think that's a good idea. I mean, that's not the ideal answer, but I mean, it would at least eliminate the waste, so to speak, of, you know, the actual costumes and floats that go, in, go into it. Now, as far as all the throws, I mean, those would have to be saved until next year. And some of them they can, but you know, yeah, and I know because you're heavily involved with Mardi Gras, they have um, personalized blooms with the, the dates on it and the cups and things like that. I mean, those obviously wouldn't be able to be utilized. Many, but of, them, many of them did. There were, there were several crews that had already ordered crew throws. A lot of crews had held off on it. Rex ordered their crew throws, but ordered them without any date. It's the first time Rex ordered all of their throws with no date. And uh, they were really kind of ahead of the game on that. Of course, Rex is filled with so many in our medical community, in our legal community, people that are on the front lines with mm -hmm. this virus, people that are in some of the highest positions in the state are really the civic leaders that are behind Rex. And I think they already knew like we could be facing a problem here. That is not a crew that's going to have any problem with taking yeah. the year off. They're still going to be benevolent and everything else. But you look at a crew like the crew of Carrollton. Crew of Carrollton does a lot of different work. In fact, this weekend, they've got, or, or the right before Thanksgiving, and in fact, if you need a turkey and you're local, they're going to be doing the world's largest turkey fry, they call it every year. Uh, as part of the Kiwanis to raise money for the Kiwanis organization here. 
which sponsors all the key clubs and does a lot of community service, supports the food banks. Like those things are very important uh, work that are being done by crews kind of in the background. So I think it'll be interesting to really see how this all pans out. I would like to see a, def a definitive answer made because nobody wants to be the one to make the call. Mm -hmm. And we saw a couple of crews bow out early and they saw a little backlash. They saw a little, nobody, they shouldn't be in that position. We need leadership to step up yeah. and say, hey, this ain't happening the way that you think it's going to happen. So let's just talk about how we can make something happen. And that's so we'll it. definitely, we'll definitely be talking about it next week. I'm sure there will hopefully be some answers by them because this is like a trending topic, not just here in, in New Orleans, but I mean, if you go on Google and, and go on Yahoo, it's, it's, it's popping up under top stories. I mean, CNN has it, uh, you know, all the local sites here, the Washington Post, Fox News. I mean, it, it's, it's all over the place because I mean, like you said, New Orleans, it's not just for us locals here. It's for people all over the country. It's most important to us because of what it does for us you know, outside of the enjoyment, but, but yes, I mean, it is a big deal. So we'll be talking about it. And of course, if anything breaks and you're following us online, you know, that, uh, you know, we'll be, we'll be tweeting it and talking about it. So, you know, we just, uh, kind of wait and see another that wait and is, see game. That's <laughs> what I feel like. This is the, the theme of the week. Wait and see. <laughs> all we can do is just wait and see what happens, but I'm, I'm confident that there will be some plan. Uh, I'm confident that we will have some, semblance and look tina if there's one good thing we know one thing that ain't going away king cake you read my mind going. because i told dan i said i said they can take away my parades they can take away the balls but they're not going to take away my king cake. besides, besides <laughs> if you ever watched have you ever watched the rex ball at night you know i have i watched it yeah. they're socially distanced anyway you know they're yeah <laughs> far apart and everybody well, you could do that. Everybody's wearing masks anyway, so and all they they're wearing masks before masks they... was necessary. Exactly. I mean, we've been wearing masks here before it was popular, so, so you know, we were I already think we could just kids. make it happen. So. No, I wish, I wish somebody would have had the forethought last Mardi Gras to throw masks. I say in 2022 or 2021 or 20, whenever we see a parade again. That will be the big throw is going to be the crew mask. I oh, can't yeah. wait to start my collection of crew Tell you a little off the side note, um, I got some of my Christmas catalogs started rolling in in the last like week or so. And the big ornament this year, you know, they do like a little theme ornament every year. Seems like the little personalized. And this year is the little family ornament. Y'all all know what I'm talking about. It's got the little uh -huh. mom and dad and the kids. And they got the little Santa hats, which you get their name, you know, written on it. And then they're all wearing masks. Really? I <laughs> yes. didn't see that as the ornament of the year this yes, year. In that's, fact, that's... I already ordered my, my ornamental keepsake this year. And that's for the tree. And that is the, uh, it's a cute little green dumpster with big orange flames coming out of it it says merry christmas 2020 i, I saw one that was the grinch it said uh stink stank stunk mm -hmm. but uh it's funny that you said that about your annual uh, ornaments because i order one every year for our tree and that was something that was started the first year that um dan and i when we got engaged my mom got us an ornament that said our first christmas on it so every year i get one with our names and this thursday like like literally in two days is our 25th wedding anniversary. So happy anniversary early to my husband. 
<laughs> 25 years. Yes, y'all heard that right. That's what happens when you get married in kindergarten. <laughs> That's, that is very true. Congratulations. And by the way, you. you've gotten through 2020. So it's really almost like having 50 years <laughs> together, you know? Yes. But yes, I did order our annual ornament. Our tree is so filled up with them. And, it, and it's been cool over the years as I'm decorating because that's like my little thing I collect when we go on trips I always collect an ornament so I have like different little ornaments my friends go on trips it's a very inexpensive souvenir for them to bring back so I have a lot of special my, my tree is very very personal because I have those little ornaments on it and of course I just got ours in for for 2020 so it's been cool to kind of see it grow but yeah 25 years it doesn't seem like that long but like I said you know we were kids when we got married but yeah it's, uh, it's been it awesome. Our annual quick, it does. It really does. And our annual trip was obviously canceled. Our vacation was canceled because of COVID, but that's great. We're still spending it together. And that's really all that matters is just getting to have time together. So that's really great. That is congratulations. It is a feat. Uh, these days, it's a feat to stay married for like five years. But, uh, you know, you've gotten through 25. You guys are absolutely great together. And you, you've just made this beautiful kitchen that I can't wait to come visit one day uh, when the world of, when the, when the COVID world is over, yes. but uh, you know, congratulations. I can't, wait to throw, throw, I can't wait to throw our first party in. And I just, every time I'm out there, I'm just like so sad. I'm like, at this beautiful kitchen and you know, it, it, all this hard work we, and we're still not finished yet. We're still working on it, but I mean, it's just, we're not in a major rush like we were because why, why do we need to be? You know, I mean, we, like today, I mean, we could have worked on it today, but we chose to, to go off and, and just hang out together. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's one of those things, like you just kind of like, yeah, you know, you're like, they always say, you know, saying stop and smell the roses. So, right, right. so we're doing a lot of that. Now. But the, the good thing is, uh, when we, when we get together next week, of course, we've got Thanksgiving now. That yes. is two weeks away. And some people may be wondering what kind of stuff you know what am i going to make what am i going to do this year's a little different maybe i get outside the box next week i'm going to have some suggestions for you on that i'm putting yes, it out yes. there now and i do want to tell you on the note of thanksgiving before we get out of here uh, i talked to you a, a little bit ago when we were talking about the mardi gras stuff and the crew of carrollton uh the, the kiwanis but the dawn busters kiwanis club is who puts this on and you pick up your turkey the day before Thanksgiving in Metairie, or you can have them delivered to you. If you order a certain number, they'll deliver them out there. Um, they are delicious turkeys. I used to get one every single year. I'll probably get one again this year. You can order it online. If you just go to dawnbusters.org, that is the name of the club, dawnbusters, because they meet early in the morning, dawnbusters.org. You can order your turkey there. They'll deliver it. You pick it up, you set up a time, it's social distance, it's everything else, but a wonderful uh, cause to raise money for, for the Kiwanis Clubs and uh, the crew at Carrollton really does a great job of doing all the work for that. So I just wanted to give them a shout out because that is something that we, I think a lot of us are forgetting that Thanksgiving is like right around the corner and we've got to still prepare a meal, even if it's just yeah. a few of us around the it table. Snuck, it kind of snuck up on us, but it didn't. It's just, we've been you know preoccupied with other things, but but definitely next Tuesday, we'll be talking about all those turkey dishes and great things to cook because we love to talk about food on this show. Yes, we do. <laughs> Always I'm love to talk about food. Right now already. I know, I know. I definitely will make sure that I eat something before we record next Tuesday. Yes, so sir. I want to thank 
thank all of our listeners again this week for listening to us here on Floor Truly. As always, you can find me on Twitter. I am Tina at The Nola Girl on Twitter and Instagram. And our official Floor Truly handle on Twitter is at Floors underscore Truly. And I'm here with my awesome co-host, Jeff. You can tell everyone where they can find you online. Well, of course, you can go on the Twitter sphere and find me the Nola Rola is where you'll find me on Twitter. And of course, on Facebook, you can catch me, Jeff Momus. That's M-A-U-M-U-S, Jeff Momus. You can find me there. I mean, between those two, if you can't track me down, then just call one of my credit card companies. They do a really good job. With <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> yeah, and if they want to pay some of those Christmas bills for you. <laughs> I am absolutely <laughs> open to that as well. I will let you know who to, uh, who to send those uh, bills to, or you can just leave me cash donations. I accept that. Yes, indeed. Well, we hope everyone has a fabulous week and we will see you next week on Floors Truly. Have a great night. See you next time. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air. Now serving B24 at DMV window number seven. Okay, Jim, we're next in line. Perfect, Jim. Things are going very smoothly. You remember the cell phone bill? Yes, and the birth certificate. Nice. We'll have a real ID in no time. That's right. Ready to fly to Carla's graduation and then the big game. Real great work, Jim. You too, Jim. Excuse me, are you talking to yourself? Now serving B25 at window number 10. That's our cue, Jim. Excuse us. Talk yourself into real ID readiness by May 3rd, 2023. Make a plan at dhs.gov slash real ID.